We may leave that latter part to deal with that a little more next week. But the opening part of verse 6, I want us to think about just for a second. Not, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others. Here the apostle argues against any suggestion that his labor was to gain the praise of men, whether it was from those that believed or not. Some might not believe, but they would praise him for his character, what he accomplished, what he did. But he's not interested in that. Again, this is in contrast with the philosophers of the day. They wanted the glory of men. It's a great danger. In fact, it's a damning sin. Turn with me to John chapter 5. As I was preparing this, my mind was brought to remember something that I dealt with in our study through the Gospel of John in Calgary. Amazing words the Lord says here at the end of John chapter 5. We'll read from verse 39. Now, if, if you're not a Christian here this morning, there may be different reasons why you're not a Christian. I don't know exactly what those reasons are, but I know one reason that's very common. And that is the fear of what others may think. That you do work in a place where Christianity is not appreciated, it's not treasured, that if you became a Christian, life may become difficult to you. Doors, indeed, may close to you. And you imagine all of these difficulties and these struggles, and that's one thing that keeps you from trusting the Lord. Well, you're not alone. John 5, verse 39, Search the Scriptures, Jesus says, For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life, you will not come to me that you might have life. You want life? You have to come to Christ. You have to come to Him. It won't come through osmosis, just sitting in church, just sitting here thinking life. You'll get life, eternal life, over time will, will just seep into you because you attend church. won't happen. You have to come to Christ. Ye will not come to me that you might have life, He says. I receive not honor from men. You see that again? Moving himself away from any form of flattery has no regard for any of that. See the example of the Lord Jesus. But I know you. I know you that ye have not the love of God in you. In other words, Jesus had the love of God in him. And the love of God meant that he did not care for the honor of men. The love of God enabled the Lord Jesus to walk without regard for the honor of men. Because again, if you please God, it matters not who you displease. And if you displease God, it matters not who you please. The priority of the Christian life is to please God. We come in faith to Him to please Him because He beckons us to come to Him. He finds great delight in us receiving Him making Him Master and Lord of our lives, and He invites us to come that we might have life and live a life for His glory. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. Is that you this morning? 
Jesus say, could he say this morning, I know you. You have not the love of God in you. And it's proven by this point. You give more weight to the words of men than you do to the word of the Lord. Read on, verse 43. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. Again, if, if there's a collective agreement, if you all appreciate this other person, then they'll all go after him, but you won't come to me because you all reject me. Then he says, verse 44, note this, this is remarkable. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? That's amazing. Let me reword it. Jesus basically says, you can't believe because you clamor after the honor of men. You can't believe because you prioritize the praise of men. You cannot believe because you court the praise of men. The praise of men that you desire makes it impossible for you to believe in me. And not much has changed. This is why to be a true Christian requires the denial of self. You can't be a disciple unless you're willing to deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow Jesus Christ. He will not have you live one foot having the praise of the world and one foot seeking to have the praise of God. won't happen. There's no path to heaven for the person who lives that way. None. So if there's a person here this morning seeking to have the praise and commendation of their Christian parents... And at the same time, the praise and commendation of their ungodly friends in the world, you're not doing it. You're failing. You're failing. You say, but, but I, think, I think I'm managing. No, you're not. Jesus says, how can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? If you prioritize the honor of anyone but God, you can't believe. You can't exercise faith. Faith fundamentally draws your heart out after the sovereign of the universe and says, my allegiance is there. I have no desire to make any court, any praise of man. I have no desire for that whatsoever. I don't care for it. I'm not saying that we don't like to be liked. There's still that tendency. But, but the, Christian, the Christian knows there's a limitation. If that person walks away from the Lord, I don't care what they do, I'm not leaving them. If that person has no time for the things of Christ, I want nothing to do with them in terms of real friendship. I will not support them as they walk away because my allegiance is, is followed. It's like Ruth, isn't it? Her sister-in-law, she's heading back. Her mother-in-law is heading to Bethlehem. You can't walk both paths. You can't find both destinations. You can't do it. You have to choose. How can you believe which receive honor one of another? If you're seeking, listen, young person, older person, I care not what age you are. I think, I think that this is more dangerous for young people. That's why I apply it to you. 
But if you're older and it applies to you, I want you to take heed to it as well. But especially the young. That sin, you, no one wants to be isolated. No one wants to feel like they're not welcome, that they have no friends. No one wants to be that person, that Christian, that no one spends time with because you're, 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 you're like a holy roller, Bible basher, whatever might be the condescending terms that they use. No one by the flesh desires to be that person. And yet Jesus says, you can't believe unless you prioritize my honor. That's what happened to the religious leaders. You know, there were some of them, there were some of them that recognized him for who he was, privately, secretly. They could see that his claims were not void and empty. And yet, yet, because of fear of man, they would not step out and believe. Mental assent would not save. Neither will it today. Beloved, we are called to live like our Lord. Those of us that are leaders, spiritual leaders in the home, in the church, in any other place of society, let us take to heart the words of the Apostle Paul. Let us be able to say them before God as if they own them for ourselves. Neither at any time use we flattering words, as ye know. Nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others. We're not interested in fawning after the world. And flattering men. Seeking to store up for ourselves filthy looker. You know our need as we close? You know the need of our hearts? It's to live every day as if we're standing before the throne already. We sang of it, casting down our golden crowns. Where our minds are lifted to a day of, of, of recognizing and acknowledging and expressing our allegiance to the Lamb. And so as we live in this world, we are tempted to flatter. We're tempted to, to harbor wealth for our own evil end. We're tempted to court the glory of men. We're tempted to these things, but they should not be named amongst the Christian. We are, lived, we are called to live to a higher standard. And we're called to see ourselves there before the Lord and and, and, and there, there will be a day, there will be a day. We will be tested. Again, Paul's talked here about testing. He's dealt with it. I, I'm trying to think of a particular passage where he discusses more about this matter of testing. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I can read it to you or you can follow along. And again, he's being judged, isn't he? Paul's being judged. That seems to be the context. Judgment of his character. If they can tear down the man, then they can remove the power from the message. 
And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, let's read from verse 1. Let a man so account of us, as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you, or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. So what Paul's saying is, I can't even make an accurate judgment of myself. I can't make an accurate assessment of my own heart. Now I will try to live my life, but ultimately I won't be perfect in my own assessment of myself. So let us be very careful about judging. So he says in verse 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time, until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. What's he saying? Live in light of the judgment. Live in light of the judgment. You live in light of the judgment, you'll not be interested in flattering words. You live in light of the judgment, you'll not be greedy of filthy looker. You live in light of the judgment, you'll not be trying to court the praise of men. And we need more of this. All to live before, before the Lord with a real sense of His presence on that day of judgment when all our hearts, motives, everything we've done will be truly tested. May God give us grace to live in light of eternity for His name's sake. Let's bow together in prayer. As our heads are bowed, I want to say again, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, what is it that keeps you from seeking the Lord? Do you not know the need of your heart? You will not come to me that you might have life. Can that be said of you? Turn it the other way. You deliberately stay away from me that you might have death. You deliberately, you deliberately stay away from me that you might have death. Surely that's not you. Right where you are, you can say to the Lord, Lord, I'm coming that I might have life. I don't care anymore what people will think. My eternity is at stake. I need to have life. I am coming, Lord, that I might have life. Lord, give grace. Give grace to us all. Think of the need of my own heart, the temptation as the years roll on in the service of God to begin to make way for flattery, 
both to express it and to receive it. I think of the temptation to be greedy of filthy lucre. I think of the temptation to seek my glory in men. Lord, deliver this church. Deliver all thy people. Deliver every last one of us from these sins. Make our motives pure. Help us to live in light of the judgment. Help us to be able to say, I've fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day. May thy word not return void today. May it sanctify all of our hearts. May we continue to meditate thereupon that we might not sin against thee. Bring us back again this evening to rejoice in the gospel and the goodness of God. May it please thee to work, to strive, to build thy church and glorify thy name. We pray for Jesus' sake. Amen.